Hi listener, it's Frank here. This is not really a part of the episode you're about to hear, but I wanted to just jump in at the start of this episode and say thank you so much, so incredibly much. I've actually, I've just been sitting here for about five minutes trying to think of what to say, but basically we launched our Patreon at the time this episode goes up, hopefully a week ago, and the response we've seen already has just been fantastic, like absolutely fantastic. Peter and I have been basically a little bit flabbergasted by the whole thing. So so yeah, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It's made us so excited about the podcast, even more excited than we already were. And it's really great to have some people along with us, pushing us on, encouraging us. So if you're one of those people who's done that, you're amazing. You're, you're fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you've not taken a look yet at our Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash drawn to the flame. And hopefully there are lots of different tiers that are sort of of interest to you and and one that takes your fancy and you can be a part of the podcast in its own way. Speaking of tiers, one of the tiers hasn't had that much uptake and Peter and I have been talking about maybe changing that up. So watch this space. And we've also had a request for another type of tier, which would come with recommendations for live plays and things like that. And I think that's something that we could manage to do. So maybe what I'll do is I'll change up one of the tiers. I'll have to have a look and see how easy it is to do now that it's already live. But yeah, hopefully I can do that and change it and add more things, offer more options for you if you're uh, considering being a patron. The patron resources we want to put towards editing money towards new equipment and we also said we wanted to put on more events and to that end I don't have specific news yet but I've gone and spoken to Darksphere about potentially doing another Labyrinth event and I'm roughly thinking of the end of May and I spoke to one person who said oh don't do May, June would be so much better and I thought well maybe I'll try and do two then and it'll be two more opportunities to play Labyrinths in London if you've not done it before. And if I can get Labyrinths and go up to Edinburgh as well and be near Peter, I'll try and do that as well. And I also have a vague thought that the Games Expo is coming up in Birmingham soon. I think first weekend of June, maybe? So, again, no promises, but if there's any way that I can turn up at the Expo with Labyrinths and there are 12 people there who want to try that out, I'll try and do that. Uh, I'll have to find out, basically. So yeah, thank you so much for Patreon support. You guys are fantastic. If you've only, you know, gone and looked even, that's still fantastic that you would even countenance looking at it. I'll let you know about the tears. And yeah, enjoy this episode. Oh, and another thing. On the Facebook page for Drawn to the Flame for this episode, I'll probably suggest that if you want to, to recommend campaigns for me to do for the next live play series or investigators you want me to do, go and comment there. That's probably the easiest thing to do. Last time I did a, a sort of a poll, but the way that Facebook polls work is that you can only do two entries if you're a business rather than a person. I, you know, Drawn to the Flame is barely a business, but that's there was some weirdness where I couldn't just put all the investigators in and have people vote. So we ended up with two separate votes. Let's just do it a much simpler way. Go on there, comment what you'd like, and I'll tally up the comments after a couple of weeks and see where we're at. Okay, thanks. Enjoy. Hello.
Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my live play episodes. We're back with Sefana Russo, and we're taking on Where Doom Awaits. Again, like Blood on the Altar, I'm pretty nervous. There's been less of a gap between recording sessions than there was between Essex and Blood, but I think my nerves are coming from the fact that this could be the end of a campaign, depending on how this scenario goes. So... Yeah, I'm pretty apprehensive. In terms of setup, I've already done everything. But because we put Silas out of his misery, there is a conglomeration of spheres starting at Ascending Path, which is connected to Base of the Hill, where we begin. So that's a one fight, six health, four evade enemy that's going to hunt towards us and eat up melee cards, although we don't have any. So that's worth noting. The other thing worth noting is, way back when... I rescued Peter Clover, and that means that Naomi has my back, and I've begun this scenario with one clue already, so that's quite nice. So yeah, when we come to picking our opening hand and what we prioritise doing, we've got to deal with the conglomeration, but before we do that, let's let's dive in. So this is scenario 7, Where Doom Awaits. Agenda 1A, Calling Forth the Old Ones. As you approach Sentinel Hill, you hear ancient Latin rites bellowed across the night. The time for action has come. If you cannot stop the sorcerers in Dunwich, who knows what terrors they might unleash upon the world. And that's a twelve doom threshold. Because no brood escaped into the wild, I don't have to add any doom, which is terrific. Feels like a really long threshold, but actually that time can really race by if you waste a lot of time, so... Yeah, a bit nervous. Act 1A, the path to the hill. A vibrant arcane energy fills the air with a bone-rattling chill. The energy swirls along the crushed trail before you and seeps down several other paths before disappearing. It's two clues to advance. Objective, when the investigators have collected the requisite number of clues, they must immediately spend them in advance. So I'm already halfway there with my solitary one, so if I can get one more clue, we're advancing. Skulls are minus one, but they're minus three if I'm at an altered location. And cultist is reveal another token, cancel the effects and icons of each skill card committed to this test. Now I've taken one of my watch this skill cards out of the deck and put in another hot streak, just slightly more reliable resource generation. So I only actually have six skill cards in the entire deck. So hopefully... We won't be committing too many, we'll be using resources to boost, and that cultist won't affect us too much. Begin play at the base of the hill. The long slope of Sentinel Hill rises before you, cresting in the jagged edges of Sentinel Peak. It's three shroud, no clues, it's connected to each copy of Diverging Path, which I've set to one side. And as an action I can investigate here, if I succeed, instead of discovering clues, put a random set-aside Diverging Path into play, limit once per round. So I can try that action once per round, success or failure. There's another action here as well though, resign. This is more than I signed up for, which I think is a little bit how I feel with all of the live plays. Right, uh, I think that's everything I need to say. Oh, one other thing, I had to add a weakness to my deck before Undervention Unseen, and I don't think I mentioned that I've added Chronophobia. That was the, the random choice. And I've also added a minus five to the bag now as well, just to up the empty. Okay, here come our ten cards.
said 10, I meant 13. I've dealt 13 there. Guts. Think on your feet. Ward of protection. Elusive. Good three events there. Shriveling. Unexpected courage. Warren Rice. Hot streak. Storm of spirits. Leo De Luca. Sneak attack. Chronophobia. Set that aside and draw into perception. Okay, a little bit of organising of events. There's the Storm of Spirits, the Hot Streak, the Think on Your Feet, the Water and Protection, and the Elusive, which is five on the nose. And then I've ended up with a lot of skill cards. Oh no, I make a mistake, there's a sneak attack as well. Six events. Well, I think an early play could be playing Hot Streak, getting Leo and Shriveling down, and potentially even just trying to get a first location out. Leo could take a hit from the conglomeration of spheres, and then next turn I just shrivel, 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 and I've dealt with it. That's that's an option. If I'm going to do that play, I'd keep Hot Streak in hand, which would mean Storm of Spirits, Think on My Feet, Water Protection, Elusive, and Sneak Attack are available to be copied, because I don't have a Painted World. If I don't do that and I leave Hot Streak under Seth, I really should come up with a better word for just under her. In the palette. Something like that. I could potentially paint it for more resources, but early on I can't play Leo and Shriveling and do other things. So I think I'm going to sacrifice long-term hot streak painting with a view to a really strong setup. So, Ward of Protection, Think on Your Feet, Storm of Spirits, Sneak Attack and Elusive are in the palette. Chronophobia has to be shuffled back in. It's a shame we haven't seen a Lone Wolf, because that would really complete the setup, I think or even a Painted World might have made decisions about what to keep a little easier. Although, what would I keep if I was able to paint Hot Streak? Keep Ward of Protection in hand? Cases and early Ancient Evils? Maybe. Think on Your Feet is fairly useless at the moment because there's very few places to, to think to. And yeah, Storm of Spirits without resources is not too useful either, although potentially if we get mobbed, it will be useful. Right. Chronophobia shuffled back in. I think there's nothing else to say apart from good luck, have fun, and let's do this. Okay, turn one. I'll play this hot streak to gain seven resources, and then I'll spend eight to play Leo and Shriveling, which actually loses me a resource. And that leaves me with one action left. I could spend two with Streetwise and Boost. I could put Professor Warren Rice down if I wanted to. Gives me intellect. Rewards me for finding clues. If I don't draw into Zeb or something like that, maybe it's maybe it's a good thing. I could also be using these unexpected courages to try and investigate. I think I'll save the resources though. As I reflect on it, it just makes me think I'd prefer to put Zebulon or Armitage down and I'd prefer to spend my resources on streetwise boosts and paying for three for him won't won't work out that well. So, final action. Spend two on Streetwise to make me a 5v3. And I'll commit this perception to be a 7v3 investigating at the base of the hill. Minus four. Wow, what a start. I get a card from perception. It's a painted world. Oh, wow. And I put one diverging path into play. Uh, it reads, a path off the beaten trail leads deeper into the woods surrounding Sentinel Hill. In the enemy phase, the conglomeration of spheres hunts down to base of the hill. Even though I can't move into ascending path, the conglomeration has no such problems, and it attacks, hitting Leo 
for a damage and a horror. Upkeep draws me a Drawn to the Flame, and I go up to three resources. We go to one Doom, and my first encounter card is... A Thrall. Spawn at the location with the most clues. It's a 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Well, as things stand, everywhere is the location with the most clues, because there are no clues at all. One option is to spend these three resources and paint Storm of Spirits, which would kill the conglomeration and the Thrall in one hit. Or do I put the Thrall up on Ascending Path and save that Storm of Spirits for a time when I need it even more? Perhaps that's the way forwards. It saved me running very short on resources. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to put the Thrall at Ascending Path. It doesn't hunt, so it's not going to come down towards me. And that just leaves us with trying to deal with this conglomeration of spheres. I do have two unexpected courages and a guts in hand, so I could potentially be 6v1 for all of those tests if I want to, but first one I'm going to go 4v1. Minus 3. Perfect. 2 damage. Second one I'll go again. I'll commit guts. I'm running on instinct here about where to go up or down. Minus two. I get a card from Guts. It's the second hot streak, and the conglomeration is down to four health taken. Third action. I'll shrivel again, and I'll commit an unexpected courage. Minus one. There's the conglomeration gone. Now I have a little option. I could play the hot streak straight away and get resources. Or I could move into this diverging path to see what's there. Either option feels strong. As far as I recall, some of the locations punish you for no actions remaining, and others punish you for having actions remaining. So maybe I want to move in with a single, a solitary action remaining, in which case I play Hot Streak as my last action in game seven. The nice thing about not having played that Storm of Spirits means I was at three resources, which allowed me to play Hot Streak. Upkeep brings me... Dr. Henry Armitage, and another resource up to 11. Turn 3 begins, we're at 2 Doom, and I draw an Avian Thrall, which engages me. Uh-oh. Now I could Painted World and think on my feet away from here. I'm not sure that's a good idea, though. I'm more tempted to use my last Shriveling Charge to take it down to 2 health and then try and evade it and sneak attack it with Painted World. And then I'd have a single action left that I could use to move into this location after all. That seems the way to do it. I'm going to have to get rid of the Avian Thrall. So last shriveling charge, and I'll commit Unexpected Courage to be a 6v2. Minus 3. Oh, 2 damage. Second action, I'll try to evade. I'll spend two on Streetwise to be a 7v3. Minus three, evaded. Do I want the Painted World for anything apart from this sneak attack? Because what I could do is draw sneak attack and play sneak attack now, and I'd be saving the Painted World for Ward of Protection, Think on Your Feet, Storm of Spirits. I think that's what I want to do. So third action, draw sneak attack. Fourth action, pay two. And kill the avian thrall. Wow, we've just seen enemies so far. Heavy going. Upkeep brings me 
a guts, and I go up to eight resources. So in hand now, I have Warren Rice and Armitage, a painted world, a drawn to the flame, and a guts. We go up to three doom of twelve, and I draw light of a forgamon, peril. You must attach light of a forgamon to either the current act or the current agenda. Limit one per agenda or act. Treat all damage as direct damage and all horror as direct horror. I need one clue to advance the act, so this is quite an easy decision. It's going on the act. Now, I think I play Armitage and then move into Diverging Path, or I draw play Armitage. Well, in fact, first action play Armitage for two, second action draw. It's a narrow escape. I am going to exhaust Armitage to discard that and gain three resources back up to nine. Third action, I'm moving into this diverging path, finally. A path off the beaten trail leads deeper into the woods surrounding Sentinel Hill. It is the slaughtered woods. Two shroud, one clue. Forced, after you reveal slaughtered woods, take two horror if you have no actions remaining. Well, that was my third action. I have a single action remaining, so I don't take the horror. And last action, I need to investigate. I'm a 2v2 I'm going to spend two with Streetwise to be a 5v2. Minus four. Fail. Enemy phase. Nothing happens. Upkeep. I draw a lone wolf and I get a resource. I'm up to eight. We go to four doom and I draw. Spaces between. Revelation. Flip each non-Sentinel Hill location in play to its unrevealed side removing all clues from it. Each investigator and enemy at a location flipped in this way immediately moves to the nearest Sentinel Hill location, which is base of the hill. Shuffle each non-Sentinel Hill location so that the players do not know which is which. Well, conveniently, there's only one in play, so it's quite easy to track. And I know that if I don't have actions left, I get punished for going in there. So that was a good time to get spaces between. So I could draw... Play Lone Wolf, move in, try and grab the clue. First action, draw. It's Moxie. Mm, I probably want to keep that. Second action, play Lone Wolf. Third action, move in. It's the Slaughtered Woods. Marvellous. I have one action left, so I don't take horror. And my last action, I'll spend two again to be 5v2. Minus one. Clue. I've collected the two clues needed, so I have to spend them. Light of a Forgamon is discarded, and we advance. A sacrifice made. During your search through the wooded paths around the base of Sentinel Hill, you come across a startling sight. A herd of sheep lays dead upon the ground in a secluded clearing, their bloodied carcasses placed in a strange but careful pattern. Holding your nose against the stench of death, you step over the mangled sheep on your way to the centre of the odd formation. In the centre of the sheep lies the corpse of a man. A clear jewel has been firmly pressed into his forehead, caving in the front of his skull. His eyes are wide, his face contorted in a vision of fear as if beseeching you for mercy. Though you know better, you check for a pulse. As you touch the man's skin, the jewel in his forehead dissolves and the woods around you seem to clear. The arcane presence masking the path further up the hill has faded. Reveal ascending path. Remove all clues from each location in play. 
let's take a look at ascending path. When you try to follow the path leading further up Sentinel Hill, you somehow end up walking in a perpetual loop. Each time you stop to find your bearings, you find yourself back at the base of the hill again. It has three shroud, no clues, it's connected to each copy of Altered Path, and it has a similar investigate action. If you succeed, instead of discovering clues, put a random set-aside Altered Path into play, limit once per round. And again, that limit is success or failure, and we have a thrall waiting there for us. Act 2A. Now, one of the things I love about this scenario is that depending on what you've done through the campaign determines which version you have. And because we didn't restore Silas and we didn't fail to recover the Necronomicon, we destroyed it, we go to version 3. Ascending the Hill version 3. As you ascend the hill, the environment around you grows increasingly strange and otherworldly. The arcane energy feels even stronger here, crackling in the air and crawling on your skin. Clues cannot be placed on non-altered locations, and when an investigator enters Sentinel Peak, advance. As an additional cost to move to Sentinel Peak, I need to spend two clues as a group. An arcane wall blocks the path further up the hill, leading towards the peak. So that was my fourth and final action. The thrall doesn't hunt. Upkeep gets me a lone wolf, and I'm going to exhaust Henry Armitage to discard that for three resources. I then get a resource taking me up to nine, and I'm due a tenth resource from Lone Wolf next turn. Reminder of my hand, Moxie, Guts, Painted World, Drawn to the Flame, Warren Rice. And we go to the start of turn six, so we're at five doom. I draw Beyond the Veil. Surge, Revelation, put it into play. If there's no copy in uh, in my threat area. Forced, if my deck has no cards in it, take ten damage. Okay. And that surges into Altered Beast. If there's no Abomination enemies in play, Altered Beast gains Surge. Otherwise, choose an Abomination enemy, the Thrall. Heal all damage from that enemy and attach Altered Beast to it. When I enter the attached enemy's location or vice versa, take a Horror. Okay, the Thrall has altered. Now, it's worth noting that Armitage is exhausted because card's ready at the beginning of the upkeep phase. And then I drew my Lone Wolf, which I exhausted. I then used Armitage to exhaust. So he's out for the turn. I'm wondering if I should have cancelled that Beyond the Veil, but I don't think I should have done. I think I definitely moved to base of the hill for one action, and I need to find a recharge or another shriveling. So second action I draw, it's Zebulon Waitley. Third action I draw, it's Stars of Hyades. Well, that's getting shuffled back in, and I've got a choice of four cards here. Shuffle them up. It's the elusive Storm of Spirits, Ward of Protection, and Think on Your Feet. We've got this handy determiner, this die. Two. Two is... Let's flip it. Think on Your Feet is destroyed. Thanks, stars. Move, draw, draw. And I think I probably draw again and run the risk of hitting something else. But, well, what do I hold on? Perhaps I draw the Storm of Spirits out from underneath Seth. If I draw into Chronophobia or Haunted, I won't have an action left to clear it. Chronophobia will in fact give me horror. I don't want to draw into Hyades, but the deck is shuffled. I don't need resources, I'm on 10. I don't really want to play Rice or Waitley at the moment. don't want to put Moxie down. So yeah, I'm going to draw Storm of Spirits out from underneath. My fear of Hyades is greater than my fear of the Thrall. Upkeep. 
Armitage readies, and I draw an elusive. I'm going to keep that. I go up to 11 resources with a 12th on the way, and we go up to 6 doom halfway through the first agenda. It's a Beyond the Veil, which whiffs but surges into an Altered Beast. Wow, this thrall is going to do two horror when we step in there. And we'll be stepping in very soon. Or do I stay here and wait, try and get another sneak attack before I go in? Maybe I do. First action draw. It's an uncaged the soul. Going to start losing cards in a moment. I could second action move in, third action evade, fourth action try and get a path out. Or I could second action move in, third action un a storm of spirits committing uncaged the soul. And last action, try and get a path out. Leaves me pretty helpless, but I do have a lot of resources for evasion. I kind of like that plan. I could even commit the guts to it. Second action, I'm moving in. The thrall engages me, and I have to take two horror because of these two altered beast attachments. Armitage takes one, and I take one. Third action, I pay three for Storm of Spirits. I get to attack with my willpower instead of my... Combat, I'm going to commit this Guts to be a 6v2. Minus 2, dead thrall, and one action remains. I've got 7 cards in hand, so I'm going to spend 2 resources to go up to 5v3 investigating here. Hmm, I wonder if I should have played Rice. Cultist. Reveal another token. I've not committed any skill cards. Skull. Minus one. Great. First altered location goes into play. A shiver courses up your spine as you step forth onto the path, its root touched by a bizarre arcane power. Okay. Upkeep I draw a painted world. Well, something tells me I'm not feeding that to Armitage. And I go to eight resources with a ninth on the way. Little hand check. Painted world, uncaged the soul, elusive, zeb, moxie. A second painted world, drawn to the flame, and warren rice. We go to seven doom. And I draw visions of future past. Revelation test willpower five. For each point you fail by, discard the top card of your deck. Now, I could commit uncaged the soul to be a 6v5 here and Drawn to the Flame or Moxie to be a 7v5. Or even if I'd got Moxie down, I could be doing something. Or I could commit Zeb as well to be an 8v5. But the other option is just painting Ward of Protection here, taking a horror and not even dealing with it. At the rate I'm going, I'm not going to paint Elusive because I have one in hand. I do have these two painted worlds, so I think that's what I'm doing. I pay one, I take a horror, and Visions of the Future Past is cancelled. I'm somewhat inclined to play Zeb instead of Armitage, given that my resources are fairly good, but maybe I'll hold on a little bit more. First action, I'll draw. We still need a recharge or a shriveling. It's a recharge! Wow, brilliant. Okay. Uh, second action, I'll play the recharge on the shriveling. I feel like if I say the card out loud, I get it. Elder Sign. Okay, so it's not a negative token. I get three more Shriveling Charges. Third action, I'll move into this Altered Path. This is Uprooted Woods. Two Shroud, 
one clue. Forced, after you reveal Uprooted Woods, discard the top five cards of your deck if you have no actions remaining. Well, fortunately, I have one action remaining. And final action, I'll spend two resources to be a 5v2. Skulls are minus three here. Investigating. Skull, minus three. Perfect. Upkeep brings me a lockpicks. Do I keep a hold of that, or do I get rid of it for the resources? I think I keep a hold of it. It means I can pay three and stop spending the money for resources. And I go up to seven resources with an eighth on the way. So hand is now lockpicks, rice, uncage, elusive, zebulon, moxie, painted world, drawn to the flame. Eight cards. We're at two, four, six, eight doom now of twelve. And I draw a thrall. Perfect. Spawn at the location with the most clues. Everywhere has zero. So I'm going to put it down in the slaughtered woods where I don't need to deal with it. First action, move back to Ascending Path. Second action, play Lockpicks for three. Third action, draw, hoping to use Armitage. Yes, third action, draw. It's a sneak attack. Hmm. Do I really want a sneak attack? No, I'm going to exhaust Armitage. No, I'm going to hold on to sneak attack. The reason I'm pausing there is I'm trying to weigh up what cards haven't I seen yet that I would... I wouldn't mind changing into three resources, and what cards haven't I seen that I really need? So another Leo, another Lockpicks, I'd happily sell those. I don't think I need more. Sneak Attack, I've used one already, and it could be useful at a pinch, two damage for two resources. And if I use Armitage to sell it, if the next card I draw is, say, Moxie or something that I'm going to definitely not need, I'll be a bit frustrated that I can't sell that instead. So I'm going to hold on to the Sneak Attack. So I moved, I played lockpicks, I drew, and then I'm going to try and investigate here to get out another altered altered path. I'm going to commit Professor Warren Rice because I'm about to have to discard cards anyway. So that takes me to a 4v3, and I'm going to spend two with Streetwise, which takes me down to three resources. 7v2, uh, 7v3 rather, minus one overkill but a second altered path is in play that's the end of my turn and i draw stars of hyades which is going to get shuffled back in okay only ward of protection and elusive here i'm glad that i at least used ward of protection once because i feel like it always goes one two three is ward four five six is elusive two this first card it is ward yeah so only elusive left, I need to shuffle stars back in. The deck is getting thin. I'm about maybe 12 cards left, something like that. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 cards left. There's another ward in there. There's a flux in there. Flux would be a very useful thing. There are also three weaknesses in there now, three out of 13. So we need to be a little bit cautious. Okay, we go up to four resources with a fifth on the way, and we go up to nine doom, and I draw. Rights howled. Discard the top three cards of each investigator's deck. Each investigator at an altered location shuffles each weakness in his or her discard pile into his deck. Okay, top three. Painted world. Stars! Yes! And 
drawn to the flame. Okay, the flux is still in there and the water protection is still in there. So all is not lost. I can go into this altered path with three actions left, but I'm going to hold on. I'm maybe going to draw a little bit first. First action, draw. Lock picks. I will sell that to Armitage. I don't need a second lock picks. Or rather, Armitage will consume it. Takes me up to eight resources. Second action, draw. Yeah. So shriveling. Will I need more shriveling? I'm not sure. Third action, I'm going to move into this altered path. It's lost memories. Two shroud, one clue. Flavor reads, no, no, this shouldn't be here. This can't be here. Forced, after you reveal lost memories, take one horror for each action you have remaining. Well, that's one for me, taking me up to three horror. Is this the point that I kill off Armitage? And I could, as a last action, play Zebulon instead, powering up my willpower? I think I might do that. It's farewell to the resources, but it boosts me for a forthcoming fight, should there be one. So last action, I'm going to spend three to put Zeb down. So I'm only on two horror then. Upkeep draws me a ward of protection, and I go to six resources, one to come. A little hand reminder, that's ward, shriveling, sneak attack, uncage. Elusive moxie, painted world, drawn to the flame. We go to ten doom, and I draw dissonant voices. Put it into play in my threat area. I cannot play assets or events at the end of the round. Discard it. So this turn I could try and grab this clue, move back to base of the hill, and then maybe just take resources and prepare. And if that means I have to discard something, so be it. So first action I'll investigate using lockpicks. That makes me a 6v2. Minus 3 is a... 3v2, so I lose a lockpick's charge, but I get the clue. Second action, I move back. I can't play assets or events this turn, so I can't play the second shriveling or the moxie. So I think last two actions are just taking resources. I don't want to draw any more cards because of Beyond the Veil, so it's fairly straightforward. Upkeep. I draw Leo De Luca, and I'm at nine cards in hand, so I will discard that Leo. And I take a resource which takes me to 10 with an 11th to come, matching the fact that we're at 11 Doom now. And I draw a Lupine Thrall, spawns at the location farthest from me down in the slaughtered woods, and it will be hunting towards me. And it's back to me. I have the two clues that I need to spend to move into Sentinel Peak. The time for action is now. I'm spending the clues first action, and I'm moving in there. When an investigator enters Sentinel Peak, advance. Will the change. Approaching the peak of Sentinel Hill, you're confronted by several citizens of Dunwich. The man in the centre of their circle is desperately trying to complete a Latin incantation. It's not working, Seth, one of the other men cries out. What are we going to do? The man in the centre stops his chant and pulls out a cobbler's knife. The father demands a blood sacrifice, he declares, and his face twists into a crazed expression. Before you can react, he slits his left wrist with the knife, dropping to his knees in agony. The headstone of the altar behind him splits open, 
a torrent of energy pours out of the stone, coalescing into the form of an open gate. Seth holds onto the stone in front of him to prevent himself from being sucked into the gate, but several of the others are startled and pulled through it. You barely manage to dig your heels in and grab hold of a nearby rock in time to resist the pull of the gate. I like to think that Leo and Zeb are grabbing Seth as she's being pulled in. Seth rises, wounded but alive. An expression of pride spreads across his pained face. Put the set-aside Seth Bishop enemy into play at Sentinel Peak with one per investigator damage on him, which means one. Seth Bishop is a sorcerer of Dunwich, five fight, three health, and five evade. This humanoid and sorcerer and elite retaliates. And, he says, says he, Miss Corey is how he sought to look for Seth's cows, frighted as he was, and found him in the upper pasture, nigh the devil's hopyard, in an awful shape. Half on him's clean gone, and nigh half of them that's left is sucked most drier blood, with sores on him. Which is a little quotation from H.P. Lovecraft's The Dunwich Horror for you. He hits for a damage and a horror, and he's one victory point as well. But before we get carried away, Sentinel Peak is here. It has a forced effect. When an investigator at this location draws a hex card, that investigator takes a damage. It's four shroud and two clues. It was here that the Waitleys used to build their hellish fires and chant their hellish rituals. And it's a two-victory location. Act 3A is the gate opens. From the ruins of the headstone on the altar at the hill's peak, a gateway of churning, vibrant energy has appeared. A force like a hurricane erupts from the gate, bending trees and pulling debris into it. The howling of the gale drowns out all other sound. Somehow, you must find a way to close the gate. Objective, only investigators at Sentinel Peak may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance, and the threshold is two. So I have three actions left, and I'm facing off against Seth. With Zeb in play, I'm a 5v5. I'll pay one to bring Moxie into play, and then I will shrivel in my second action, because Moxie's fast, committing this uncaged soul to make me a 7v5, and spending three resources to make me a 10v5. zero. Seth totters backwards, the force of Seth's magic too strong for him to handle. That's one victory point. I have two actions left. Third action, I'll play Drawn to the Flame. Draw the top card. It is an avian thrall which engages me, and then I get two clues, and I will spend those two clues to advance peer into the abyss. You don't know how to close the swirling gate before you, and with each passing moment, the force from within it grows in strength. You fear that whatever entity the sorcerers have summoned from beyond approaches. With no time to spare, you turn to the open tome on the stone altar, desperate for answers. Resolution 1. Oh, a little bit traumatised there. It was starting to hot up with enemies... Definitely. Cards remaining in deck, six. So a couple more of those rights howled would have seen me off. But I was also pretty set up at the end. 
Professor Armitage did some work there in terms of fueling us with resources. And it just, I think it's a little bit like Essex. It shows off the raw power of Seth if things go well. If you get some resources, you've got streetwise down. She can turn her hand to anything and she can force her way through anything with her resources. which has been quite enjoyable. Okay, I'm going to add my tasty 3 XP to the deck, make some decisions, and I'll see you for the next one, the final one, Lost in Time and Space. this scenario eight lost in time and space i've made a couple of changes to my deck i've spent my final four xp on a recharge so i've got two of those now and a time warp everyone loves time and i've also used adaptable to swap in i'm out of here because that may come in handy i've spent 27 experience over the campaign so it's not the the highest rolling campaign, I haven't run Delve too deep, but I'm pretty happy with it all the same. And yeah, I just can't believe that we're at the end of this campaign already. There were definitely some scary scenarios, but here we are at the finale. We've breezed our way through where Doom awaits, which means I'm very nervous that Lost in Time and Space has a couple of surprises for us. So yeah, just giving the encounter deck a final shuffle as I kill some time. Skulls are minus one for each extra dimensional location in play, max minus five. Cultists are reveal another token. If you fail after this skill test, discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until a location is discarded. Put that location into play and move there. We've managed to avoid getting any tablets and any elder things in the bag. And I think we're ready to begin. Agenda 1A. All is one. Pathways of sound and colour extend for an eternity in all directions, dotted with impossible architecture and overgrown with alien wildlife. The lines between objects are jagged and shifting, and your skin feels as if it were inside out. Forced, after your move to a location by an encounter card effect, take one horror for doom and the scenario card that has the cultist on it counts as an encounter card effect so if i pull the cultist and that ends up moving me that would be a horror act 1a out of this world somehow you must find your way across this alien landscape in order to find the nexus that was described in old wakeley's tome i need two clues and as an action i can discard the top three cards of the encounter deck Choose a location discarded by this effect and resolve its revelation ability. I start the game at another dimension, which is the only location in play. It's unfettered by reality. You gape in disbelief at the swirling colours and alien angles surrounding you. This is true madness. Six shroud, zero clues. Forced when a location leaves play, move each investigator and unengaged enemy at that location to another dimension cannot be cancelled. Now it connects to red, green and blue locations but there are none of those in play. 
final shuffle of my player deck, and let's get Seth's final 13. 5, 10, 13. Let's see what we've got here. Chronophobia, no. Moxie, Storm of Spirits, Water Protection, Shriveling, Guts, Think on Your Feet, Hot Streak, Rice, Sneak Attack, Armitage, Painted World, Think on Your Feet. Redraw for the Chronophobia into a Lone Wolf. So events, Storm, Ward, Think on Your Feet, Hot Streak, and Think on Your Feet. Oh, and Sneak Attack. Twice I've missed Sneak Attack now. Well, I'll keep a Think on My Feet in hand, I think. I think an early play will be probably painting Hot Streak, getting Lone Wolf and Shriveling down. That seems reasonable. Or an alternative would be playing Hot Streak. No, because I'm, I'm definitely not going to paint two Think on Your Feets, but I might paint two Storm of Spirits. So yeah, that's a fairly easy decision, I think. Water Protection, Storm of Spirits, Think on Your Feet, Sneak Attack, and Hot Streak go underneath me. In hand, Think on Your Feet. Shriveling, Moxie, Lone Wolf, Guts, Rice, Armitage, Painted World. And I shuffle my deck. I wonder if I delay for a turn playing Lone Wolf just so that I can try and get a location into play so that if I draw an enemy in the encounter phase, I've got somewhere to think on my feet too. If I play Think on My Feet and Shriveling and Hot Streak and then pin down for the rest of the turn if I if I draw a nasty enemy. So yeah, I think maybe that's what I do. Okay, I'm ready to begin. Painted World first to get me seven resources. Play Shriveling so I only get four of those resources. And there are four charges on Shriveling. And last action, I'll use the Act ability to discard the top three cards of the encounter deck. It's a Wormhole, a Beyond the Veil, and a Yidian Observer. So those three go, and there's no location there. Upkeep draws me a recharge, and I get a single resource. I'm up to ten. We go to one doom, and my encounter card is Collapsing Reality. Revelation. If you're at an extra-dimensional location, well, I'm not. I'm at an otherworld location. Discard it and take a damage. Otherwise, take two damage. Ooh. The world around you appears to be folding in on itself, warping, twisting, bending. Well, I don't have that painted world because I painted hot streak, so I'm taking two damage. Ow. Okay, first action now, play Lone Wolf. Second action, look for more locations. Terror from Beyond, Steps of Ihardol, and Vast Expanse. So I discard those two and I bring the steps into play. Revelation, put Steps of Ihargal into play, then draw the topmost Madness card in your discard pile. Luckily there isn't one. And it comes in with one cl clue, three Shroud, and it says, Forced, when I would leave Steps, test Willpower 2. If I fail, shuffle the Steps of Ihargal into the encounter deck instead of moving to your original destination. Unfortunately, these two aren't connected. That's... Two actions, playing Lone Wolf and putting that down. Do I draw and look for Leo, or do I look for another location? I think I look for another location, I just push it. So discarding the next three. Servant of the Lurker, Yidian Starseeker, and Tear Through Space. 
So those two enemies get discarded, and the tear through space is one shroud, one clue. It surges, and its revelation ability is put tear through space into play. Now, I'm just resolving the revelation ability on this card, not the surge effect, because I've not drawn this card, I've just discarded it. So I'm pretty sure I don't trigger the surge there. And it says at the end of the round, either place a doom on tear through space or discard it. Hmm. The wonders of modern technology mean I can pause, go on Discord, ask BD Flory. He can give me an answer that I'm reading it correctly. It's just the revelation ability that you do. You don't do the surge. So that is the end. That's my three actions. Upkeep draws me a painted world. That is useful. And I go up to 10 resources with an 11th Jew from Lone Wolf. But at the end of the round, I have to either place a Doom on Tear Through Space or discard it. If I take the Doom, I can always think on my feet in there, look for another location and move on, potentially. Or move in, grab Clue. Ah, that's a bit frustrating. I'd be taking a horror if I end up being moved back to another dimension. Hmm... I sort of don't want to lose it, but I also don't want to play with Doom, so I'm going to discard it. And at the start of turn three, we go to two Doom, and I draw a Yidian Starseeker. It spawns at another dimension. It has Retaliate, and it says when Yidian Starseeker attacks an investigator with uh, more than ten cards in his or her discard pile, place one Doom on Yidian Starseeker. And then I go up to eleven resources. So I could think on my feet, but there are no connecting locations here. I think what I'm going to try and do is just shrivel the Star Seeker and be done with it. So first action, I'll commit Guts, which makes me a 6v3. And I'll pay one to bring Moxie into play and pay one on the Moxie to be a 7v3. Minus one. Two damage to the Star Seeker. I'll shrivel again. 4v3. Oh, I draw a card from Guts. It's a shriveling. I'll shrivel again. 4v3. And then what do I commit? This recharge? Probably not. Two resources makes me a 6v3. Three resources makes me a 7v3. Skull, minus one for each extra dimensional location. Well, there's one. The Star Seeker is dead. However, I take a horror, which I have to place on me, which means the Moxie is discarded. And final action, let's just keep looking for locations. Visions of future past, pushed into the beyond, vast expanse. So that's three uh, treacheries, so that's fine. Upkeep, I draw a time warp. And I go back up to seven resources, eighth coming, and we hit three doom of four. Little hand reminder, time warp, shriveling, painted world, recharge, think on your feet, rice, armitage. My encounter card is visions of futures past. Revelation, test willpower five. For each point you fail by, discard the top card of your deck. Is this a cancellation target? Or... Do I commit Rice to this to be 5v5 or other cards in hand? The other icons I have are Painted World, which I, I don't want to commit. I could commit Armitage to this and play Rice and Leo down the line, maybe. 
If I commit Armitage, I'm one up. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to cancel it, because if it hits both copies of Leo or something like that, I'm in such a painful place. So I'm playing a Painted World to cancel that. I'm taking a horror back to seven resources now. First action, looking for a location. Interstellar Traveller, Prismatic Cascade, and Tear Through Space. Well, the Cascade has two Shroud and three clues, and the Tear Through Space has one Shroud and one clue. The difference is, at the end of the round, the Tear Through Space needs to be discarded or take Doom, which isn't very good, but the Prismatic Cascade, after the last clue on Prismatic Cascade is removed, discard it. So I'm going to put the Prismatic Cascade into play. comes in with three clues. This is a potential place for us to mine at least a couple of clues. And it's green diamond, so it's connected to where we are. That was first action, but the revelation reads, put it into play and discard a random card from your hand. Shuffling my hand busily. The card is, think on your feet. Okay, not the end of the world. Second action, I think I draw. It's an I'm outer here. And... Hmm. I've got Shriveling with two charges, which isn't too bad. I've got the Hot Streak underneath me and two Painted Worlds gone. Am I going to paint any more Ward of Protections? Should I pick that up as my last action? Or maybe I could pick up the other Think on my feet, which I'm probably not going to paint, but I could use to move. Yes, I'm going to do that. So last action, I'll draw Think on my feet from underneath me. Upkeep draws me a Drawn to the Flame. Excellent. And I get... Eight resources, waiting for nine, but we advance. Familiar Echoes. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Then discard cards from the top until a location is discarded. The lead investigator resolves that location's revelation effect. Check the campaign log. If the investigators failed to save the students, read the following. Now, my campaign log. We began with extracurricular activity, and we rescued the students. So we don't read the following, and we don't take the horror, because the students were rescued. Always save the students, save yourself some horror. Encounter deck shuffled. I need to discard cards from the top until a location is discarded. Interstellar, uh, Yidian Starseeker, conglomeration of spheres, pushed into the beyond, wormhole, tear through space. The revelation ability is that I simply put it into play, and it comes in with a clue. Agenda 2A. Past, present, and future. As you cross this realm, you catch occasional glimpses of reality. Scenes from old memories, more recent visions from the past few days, and sometimes even events that you do not remember ever happening. There's the same forced effect about taking horror if you're moved, and there's another foredoom. My encounter card is an offer of power. Peril, revelation, you must either choose one, draw two cards and place two doom on the current agenda. This effect can cause the current agenda to advance. Or take two horror. Well, I'm on eight cards in hand. I don't really need the cards. It's going to be the horror, sadly, taking me up to three horror. Now I can move into the Cascade, play Drawn to the Flame, and I still have an action left. Or I could play Warren Rice, move into the Tear Through Space, hmm, and try and get that clue, which would get me a card with Warren Rice, which is no bad thing. I think getting the two clues in the Prismatic Cascade is slightly stronger, 
So first action, I move into the Prismatic Cascade. Second action, I play Drawn to the Flame, drawing a Visions of Futures Past. Okay, I've got no cancellation here. I will commit probably Armitage and Rice to be 4, 5, 6, 7, V5. Cultist, reveal another token. Zero. So we haven't failed. Ooh, that was lucky. And I get two clues. I've got an action left, but I'm going to spend those clues straight away to advance. The Nexus of Dimensions. A light shimmers in the distance, and you head towards it to investigate. The wispy light drifts away from you, floating through the realm's strange gateways, ascending looping staircases, and crossing through barriers you dared not cross over. With little chance of finding the Nexus on your own, you follow the light, hoping it is guiding you in the right direction. Put the set-aside, the edge of the universe location into play. Now, the edge of the universe says you must have at least two clues in order to move to the edge of the universe. And on the board at the moment, there's one on a tear through space, one on the prismatic cascade, and one on the steps of Ihagal. Now, luckily, the cascade is connected to the tear through space and the steps, and the steps is connected to the edge of the universe, so there is a path to the edge of the universe. But to get in, if I take this last clue from the prismatic cascade, it will be discarded and I'll get end up back in another dimension, meaning the connection to the steps is broken. So I'm in a slightly weird situation here where grabbing these clues is going to leave me in an awkward spot. I'm tempted to draw final action, but I know that that's kind of risky. Maybe it's a case of drawing Hot Streak out from underneath me rather than drawing from my deck, or drawing Ward of Protection as well. The plan will be to move to Tear Through Space, grab the clue, and move back to Prismatic Cascade next turn. So yeah, I'm going to draw Hot Streak out from underneath me. Upkeep, I draw another Drawn to the Flame. I go up to 10 resources with an 11th coming, and at the end of the round, I place a Doom on Tear Through Space. In Mythos, I place a Doom, so we're now at two Doom of four, and my encounter card is an Interstellar Traveller. Spawn any extra-dimensional location. It's a Hunter, and it says Forced. When Interstellar Traveller enters a location, flip one clue on that location to its Doom side and place it on Interstellar Traveller, or place one Doom on Interstellar Traveller if there are no clues on that location. Four fight, three evade, uh, three health, and two evade. I don't feel with my hand like I'm best placed to deal with the interstellar traveller. I've got a choice of three locations, so let's just talk this through. If I put it on me, it counts as entering this location, so it would remove this final clue, which would become a doom. The prismatic cascade would be discarded, and I take a horror and the pair of us would end up back in another dimension. It would then be entering another location without a doom, a clue, so it would get another doom. <laughs> so it would, be, it would have gained two doom in a turn. I could evade it and try and shrivel it a couple of times. I just don't fancy my chances with no boosts in hand. Another option is that we put it in the tear through space. It eats up the clue there and it gets two doom and we try and grab this final clue on the prismatic cascade, which would mean that the connection between 
another dimension and the cascade is broken? Or is there another way here? We can discard the doom on tear through space. I wonder what the order is that when Interstellar Traveller enters our location, I could play, think on my feet and move to the steps. And then the prismatic cascade gets eaten and it ends up back in another dimension with two doom on it, which means we advance next turn anyway. Oh, it's tricky. I think it needs to die, which means we have to take the one horror and then try and kill it. We have a time warp. That's at least an option. And we can evade it if we can't kill it. I think that's where we end up. So it engages me, takes a clue. The prismatic cascade is discarded. We're both thrown back to another dimension and I take a horror. For my first action, I try to shrivel it. I'm a 4v4 and do I commit anything from hand? I could commit this recharge and just play the other shriveling. I'm going to do that to be a 6v4. Minus one. Okay, wow. And then last action. All I've got is the time warp as an option. Unless I draw Storm of Spirits and commit that for the bonus. Is there any way of evading it and grabbing sneak attack from underneath me? I don't think so. Can I bear to commit this drawn to the flame? I think I have to. That makes me a 5v4 and I'm looking for a minus one. Skull, there are two extra dimensional locations in play. So I'm going to pay one, I take a horror for that. I'm going to play one and play time warp. Rewind, I get the shriveling charge back, but I'm going to spend it again. I'm going to commit drawn to the flame again, and I'm going to try that again. 5v4. Minus four. Okay. Shriveling's now empty. I can't think on my feet. We're definitely going to advance. I think last action I try and evade this sucker to avoid the hit. And I'm going to spend two resources to be 7v2. Minus two. Evaded. Enemy phase, it doesn't do anything. Upkeep, it readies and engages me. I draw Leo. I take a resource, I'm up to nine, with one coming. At the end of the round, I'll let the tear through space. Ah, it doesn't matter actually, we're going to advance anyway because of the two doom on the interstellar traveller, so I'll take another doom on tear through space. And then in Mythos, we go up to six doom, two on the agenda, two on tear through space, and two on interstellar traveller. So all doom in play is removed, and we advance. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck, then discard cards from the top until a location is discarded. The lead investigator resolves that location's revelation effect. While I'm shuffling the deck, I'll read the next bit. Check the campaign log. If at least one name is recorded under sacrifice to Yorksothoth, read the following. Now, Francis Morgan and Earl Sawyer were unfortunately sacrificed. You hear a familiar voice calling out to you, and you enter an impossibly shaped building of cracked stone. No! Don't! The voice cries. You rush towards the voice down a set of, set of steep, narrow stairs. 
Upon reaching the bottom, you find yourself in the hidden chamber from Dunwich. Bound by shackles, you see those you failed to save, bloodied and maimed. A creature with a man's face feeds from a corpse on the ground. The head of the corpse turns to face you, and a sharp pain stabs your heart. Each investigator tests willpower X, where X is the number of names recorded under sacrifice to Yogg-Sothoth. For each point an investigator fails by, that investigator takes one damage. Okay, before we do that test, we should find out if there's another location, because if it has some effect that strips us of cards, that might make it... Oh, the first card is a location. It's Endless Bridge, uh, Blue Triangle, Four Shroud, Two Clues. Put Endless Bridge into play and lose two resources. So we go down to seven with our Lone Wolf resource to come. And after you leave it, you either place a Doom on it or discard it. Right, now we do that test. I can't boost. I'm not going to commit Hot Streak. 4v2. Skull. That makes us a 1v2 and we take another damage. We're at 3 of 5. Oh, this is getting touch and go. Agenda 3A, breaking through. Throughout this warp dimension, no matter where you travel, there is the haunting shape in the distance. At first it appears as a disc, like a black moon with many wriggling arms. But as time passes, you can tell it's growing larger and larger. Okay, we should try to evade this interstellar traveller and get Leo down. So I'm going to spend two resources and be 7v2. Minus one, evaded. Second action, play Leo for five resources. Ah, second action, play Hot Streak for plus seven. And then five of those I'll put into Leo. So it only net two in the end. And I have one final action left. There's an exhausted Instellar Traveller at my location. It would be nice to sneak attack it. I can think on my feet away from here, but I have no reliable way of getting clues at the Endless Bridge. There's some connection that we need, either a prismatic cascade or whatever this beige squiggle symbol is to get to the edge of the universe. If I had one more action, I could sneak attack this interstellar traveller and they'd be gone. I think my final action might be to draw that sneak attack, because I've evaded twice now, and if I had just had one more action this turn, I would kill the interstellar traveller. Enemy phase, it engages me. Upkeep, I draw a narrow escape. I go up to nine resources with the 10th coming. We go to one doom, and I draw visions of futures past. I've got nothing to boost with, can't cancel. 4v5. Minus one, 3v5, two cards discarded. Leo, and stars of Hyades! Yes! Okay, a little bit of luck. Now, I could use this narrow escape to kite the interstellar traveller. Hmm. I've spotted a teeny misplay. At the end of last term, I should have put a doom or discarded tear through space. So I'll just discard it now. It hasn't made a difference, I don't think. Right, now, I can try and evade the interstellar traveller and then sneak attack it. The question is, do I use streetwise to try and evade it? Or I could commit narrow escape or hold that in hand. I could commit Think on Your Feet. Evade, sneak, draw cards, probably. I'm going to commit Think on Your Feet to be 5v2. Six 
skull. That tear through space has gone, so there are two extra dimensional locations. That's an evasion. Sneak attack for two. Killing the interstellar traveller. Play shriveling for three. And do we move to the endless bridge? No, we look for more locations. Last action, location hunt. Terror from beyond, wormhole, and visions of future past. Upkeep draws me Lone Wolf, and I'm back up to six resources. Two Doom of six, and I draw a tear through space. It surges and then goes into play, and it surges into an interstellar traveller. Damn. Okay, I put it on the steps of Ihaghal, because that at the moment is connected to nowhere, so it can't hunt towards me. It gets one Doom, but otherwise it's just left alone. We just take that on the chin. I just need to find this other connection up, though. And I've now no longer got drawn to the flame, so getting clues is going to be even harder. First action draw. It's a quantum flux. Do I just flux right now if I'm going to draw more? Or do I look for lockpicks? Second action draw. Lockpicks! <laughs> Third action move to endless bridge. Fourth action play lockpicks. The interstellar traveller has no route to me, so it doesn't move. Upkeep draws me the second hot streak, and I go to five resources, soon to be six, and we go to four doom. And it's a wormhole. Discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until a location is discarded. Resolve that location's revelation ability, then move to that location. Visions of future past. Vast expanse. Arcane barrier. Tear through space. Its revelation ability is to put it into play, and I then move to it. The other tear through space I would have put a, let be discarded last turn, so that's fine. And I've been moved, so I take a horror which I put on Leo. Okay, I can hot streak. I could grab the clue off tear through space, move back to endless bridge because they are connected, and I'd have an action left. Hot streak, gain seven. Investigate with lockpicks. 6v1. Minus 4. It's 2v1. I lose a lockpicks charge. Move to endless bridge. And do I go looking for locations? If I find the one I'm looking for, that's all well and good. If I find the wrong one, the interstellar traveller is coming for us and things get really nasty really fast. I think I have to look, otherwise I'm just sitting here. A Beyond the Veil, a Yidian Star Seeker, and a Terror from Beyond. Okay, I'm happy all of those cards get discarded. Enemy phase can't hunt. Upkeep, I draw a Moxie. I go up to 14 resources, thank you Hot Streak, with a 15th on the way. We go up to 5 Doom because I discard this tear through space at the end of the turn, and I draw... A tear through space, which surges into Beyond the Veil. That's okay, because I have Flux in hand, but it surges into Vast Expanse. If there are no extra-dimensional locations in play, it surges. Otherwise, test Willpower X, where X is the number of locations. There are three, tear through space, endless bridge, steps of Ihakal. Do you feel yet, listener, like you're going slowly mad as you try to track all the different locations appearing and disappearing? I'm, I'm trying to keep them clear, but even for me, working out the location and connections can be hard. 
all I can commit to this test is the moxie in hand, and I want to hold that for boosting shriveling. So it's a 4v3. Elder Sign! Oh my word! Ward of Protection, come into my hands. There's just Storm of Spirits underneath me. Nothing taken from Vast Expanse. Okay. First action, use lockpicks. I'm a 6v4. And I'm going to spend two with Streetwise to be 9v4. Skull, minus three. Okay, I've got the two clues to get into the edge of the universe. Second action, look for locations. Arcane Barrier, Dimensional Doorway, Servant of the Lurker. Bye-bye those two, Dimensional Doorway. Put it into play, then draw the topmost hex card in the encounter discard pile, which is Arcane Barrier. The Dimensional Doorway is two shroud and has one clue. It says forced at the end of your turn, if you're at the Dimensional Doorway, you must either spend two resources or shuffle Dimensional Doorway into the encounter deck. Now, there's a few things going on here. Well, the Arcane Barriers are attached to the Endless Bridge, and it says, as an additional cost to move into or out of the location, test Willpower 4. If successful, discard Arcane Barrier. Otherwise, you must either cancel the effects of the move or discard the top five cards of your deck. Still all right for cards. Probably got about 15 left. Got Moxie, Flux, Narrow Escape, I'm out of here, Lone Wolf and Water Protection in hand. The complicating factor here is that Steps of Ihadkal is connected to Edge of the Universe, which is connected to Dimensional Doorway, which is connected to Endless Bridge. So we now have a situation where the Interstellar Traveller can hunt towards me. I've used lockpicks, I've hunted for a location, I've got two actions left. I could move into the Dimensional Doorway and move straight on into Edge of the Universe, but I'd be taking a hit from the Interstellar Traveller. He's got a Doom on him, or it has got a Doom on it, rather, and we're at four Doom on the agenda, so we're going to advance anyway. I've got no way of getting to it. I suspect what I do here is move into Dimensional Doorway, accepting that I might lose cards with Arcane Barrier from Arcane Barrier, and then final action, Flux, and get my deck back. So that's what I'm going to do. Last action, move to the Dimensional Doorway. Test Willpower for... I don't care about boosting. Zero! That's why. And final action, Flux, for one. I'm ending my turn at the Dimensional Doorway, so I'm losing two resources. And I've left the Endless Bridge, where I have to either place a Doom on it or discard it. So I'm going to discard it. Uh, yes, I am, to get rid of the Endless Barrier. The <laughs> Endless Barrier, the Arcane Barrier. Slowly going mad. The plan will be to step into the Interstellar Traveller, which won't have any Doom. Do whatever I have to do at the edge of the universe, and either flee away from the Interstellar Traveller, or try to deal with it with Moxie and Shriveling. But that all depends on what we draw now as well, and what we get in the encounter phase, or mythos phase rather. I draw Haunted as my Fluxed draw. Thank you. Enemy phase, the Traveller hunts to the edge of the universe, getting a Doom. Upkeep, I draw Stars of Hyades. 
which kills Storm of Spirit. And a shuffle again. Wow, that shuffle was two weaknesses on the top. I haven't got through that many cards. A lot of shuffling now. So slight change of plan with the Haunted there. I could clear Haunted for two actions, move in and evade the Interstellar Traveller rather than any other messing around. Okay, suitably shuffled. I'm up to 11 resources, 12 on the way, and we advance, 7 Doom of 6. The Key and the Gate. Spawn the set-aside Yogg-Sothoth enemy at the edge of the universe. If the edge of the universe is not in play, spawn it in another dimension instead. Advance to Agenda 4A. Uh-oh. The end of all things. The shape in the distance smashes through the barriers of this dimension, its many arms reaching to envelop everything you see. Its body is like an ooze covered in eyes and mouths. You feel insignificant like a bug next to the creature's terrifying grandeur. There's the same forced effect. It's a two-doom agenda, and there's also forced, if Yogg-Sothoth is defeated, go to resolution three. Yogg-Sothoth is the lurker beyond the threshold. Four fight, four health, massive, hunter, retaliate. Yogg-Sothoth gets six health extra, so he's a ten health, it's a ten health. It cannot be evaded and cannot make attacks of opportunity. Well, that's nice. And when Yogg-Sothoth attacks you, instead of taking X Horror, you may discard the top X cards from your deck. Then if you have no cards in your deck, you are driven insane. My encounter card is an Offer of Power. I will take two Horror, going up to six. Clear Haunted for two actions. Move in to the edge of the universe, and then I have a solitary final action left which might be to kite away an interstellar traveller. No, it's not good enough. It won't work. <laughs> and I've left myself with nowhere to go. The other option is that offer of power. I don't take the two horror. I put two dooms. See what happens when you flip Agenda 4A. Maybe it's something where Yogg attacks everyone. And if those two cards draw me an elusive or something like that, I could move in and then elusive out again. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And placing two Doom on the agenda and drawing two cards. The two Doom, seeking the rift from which you entered this dimension, the extra-dimensional horror lashes out, crushing entire realms within its grasp. In player order, Yogg-Sothoth attacks each investigator in play, regardless of, of Yogg-Sothoth's current location, then flip this agenda back. So I'm taking one damage, which goes on Leo, and five horror, I'll discard five cards. Armitage, Guts, Hot Streak, oh, Ward of Protection, Unexpected Courage. I then draw two. Elusive, Time Warp, Clear Haunted for actions one and two. Move into the edge of the universe for action three. It's two Shroud and two Clues. It says you may have, you must have at least two Clues in order to move into the edge of the universe, which I do have. And because I've entered there, I get to advance. You reach an impossibly dense, pitch-black void and realise that this place is where all of reality, all that is and all that ever will be, ends. In its centre, you see a minuscule rift suspended just out of reach. When you peer through the tear, you're surprised to see the peak of Sentinel Hill. Somehow, 
We've reached the other side of the rift. Now you must find a way to close it for good. Act 3A, close the rift. The unearthly stones on the ground are inscribed with some sort of seal. Approaching them causes a voice to enter your mind, speaking in an alien tongue. There's the same action to find locations, and only investigators at the edge of the universe may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. And we need three clues. I have two. You must have two clues to enter edge of the universe, and investigators at the edge of the universe cannot draw cards during the upkeep phase. The interstellar traveller has engaged with me, and Yogg-Sothoth is engaged with me. One action left. If I investigate, I can play a narrow escape, cancel the interstellar traveller or Yogg-Sothoth's attack, try and get a clue here, still spend them to advance and elusive out. That seems the way forwards. So last action I will investigate with lockpicks. I'll play narrow escape and cancel Yogg-Sothoth's attack, and I'll take a damage and two horror on me, taking me up to four damage and six horror from the Interstellar Traveller, and I'm with 8v2 investigating. Minus one, I get a third clue, and I'm going to spend three clues to advance because I'm at the edge of the universe and I have the three clues. You are utterly exhausted, with no idea as to what can be done to close the rift. It is too distant to touch, and nothing you do has any effect. There is nothing here to guide you, apart from the unearthly words that are seeping into your mind. Just then, you hear a familiar voice within the echoing chorus, and feel yourself compelled to repeat it. Claude Ostium. You whisper at first, the words on the tip of your tongue. Claude Ostium. You close your eyes to concentrate, and the echo grows louder. Claude Ostium. When it ends and you open your eyes, you face nothing but an inky abyss, and the tear has vanished. Remove the edge of the universe from the game, which means I take a horror because I'm being moved by a scenario card. Put the set-aside tear-through-time location into play. So this is an otherworld location. What is? What was? What will never be? You see it all, and it sees you. It is connected to another dimension, but another dimension isn't connected to it. I'm ended up here with the Interstellar Traveller and Yogg-Sothoth, and the Interstellar Traveller has just entered another dimension, so it gets a doom because there's no clue here. I've just spotted there's a tear through space here that should have been discarded turns ago. Luckily, that's not had an effect. And finally, Act 4A, finding a new way. With no clear way out of this dimension, you seek another path. There's the same action ability to look for locations. And it says, if each undefeated investigator has resigned, advance. Now, just before my turn ends, I'm going to pay two to play elusive and move myself to the dimensional doorway, leaving the interstellar traveller and Yogg-Sothoth at another dimension with no route to me. I was convinced that I was gone here. I could still well be dead. I'm on four damage and seven horror. And in hand, I have a time warp. Moxie, I'm out of here, Lone Wolf and Ward of Protection. The enemy phase, the Interstellar Traveller has nowhere to move, so stays put, and the same with Yogg-Sothoth. Upkeep, I get an unexpected courage, 
and I go up to 11 resources with a 12th on the way, but I ended my turn at the dimensional doorway, so I had to spend two resources. So I'm actually back to nine with one coming. We go up to one Doom on the agenda, but there's one on the Interstellar Traveller, so Yogg-Sothoth attacks me. I'm going to put a damage and a horror on Leo and discard four cards for the other four horror. Guts, lockpicks, perception, Leo. Ouch. My encounter card is a Yidian Starseeker that spawns at another dimension. I think there is a way out here if I can just survive. First action, I move into the tear through time. It's two shroud and two clues. And as an action, I can spend two clues and resign. I find a new path and hope it leads back to safety. That was my first action. Second action, I can move back to the dimensional doorway, which I do. And third action, I play I'm out of here. Play only if there's a scenario card with a resign ability in play. There is. Resign. You get the hell out of here. And if that seems incredibly cheesy way of not collecting two clues and getting out of here, it is the rogue way. And I can't believe I've pulled that off, having been hit twice by Yogg-Sothoth. So I advance. Reality beckons. You discover a path that looks somewhat familiar and follow it. Even though your task is complete, you now understand that in closing the tear, you may never make it home. The fear of being lost here forever spurs you onward, through an archway leading into an overgrown corridor. A damp, wooden door leads you out into a pocket of thin rain and dark sky. Cement turns to gravel, then marble, then steel, then glass. Or grass. <laughs> you cross impossibly long meadows and make your way through dense woods before fatigue finally sets in. Drained of all energy, you cannot go on any further. Your body gives out. Resolution 1. I can't believe I pulled that off. I thought I was a goner. That interstellar traveller and how slow this scenario begun, I just couldn't see myself pulling free. And when I drew that I'm out of here, I thought there were going to be so many things that would strip it from my hand. I was so convinced I was done for. So here ends Sephina's Dunwich Legacy Adventure, Resolution 1, which includes that I closed the Terran reality and that we won the campaign. I really hope you've enjoyed this. Thank you to everyone who's sent in messages of encouragement, asked about the next episodes, suggested, you know, things that could be in the deck and things like that. If there are things you'd like me to do more of, just say. And also, this is the time that if you want to get in touch and suggest another live play or a different idea i'd love to do it i'd love to think about it it'd be great to hear what you want i don't want to just make things that no one really wants to hear of course so yeah get in touch we're drawn to the flame on facebook we're drawn to the flame on twitter and we're also drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com we're always grateful for all the emails we receive thank you very much for listening to the flame.
Safina Rousseau is a drummer. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. If you go back to the original draft artwork, she's clearly wearing a Van Halen t-shirt. And this stick-looking thing is called a drumstick? So anyone who plays drums, you play this with the snares here, the hi-hat, and the bass drums here, so you play like that. Of course, Rousseau is a reference to the Genevan philosopher Jean-Jacques Rousseau. They, they are paintbrushes. This is me, and I'm running. Why am I running? Over the past 15 weeks of premium podcast content, I've been around the world. I've seen an awful lot of drums and drummers. I've barely had a second to actually play a game of Arkham, and all in the service of confirming my suspicions that supposed painter Safina Rousseau is actually a drummer. I've just remembered that I also interviewed Ringo Starr. That was weird. I have to find the truth. I am so very close to the truth. And that's why I'm running. Because I'm being chased by a North Korean border patrol. It's a long story. This is Drums to the Flame. (laughs) 